0: All right. Hey, we're going to uh, continue this Family Matters series that we've been working through, and we talked a couple weeks ago about marriage and about that connection, and uh, this week we're going to talk about instilling values in our kids and what that looks like. So, <laughs> hmm. apparently that's an additional member of the graphic, Oh. So. Alright, good enough, we can move on from that. So, there we go, that's much better, that's much better. Alright, so uh, if you got your Bibles this morning, open up to the book of Deuteronomy, we'll get there in just a second, and we're going to walk through this. If you got in and you didn't get sermon notes, and uh, you'd like to follow along that way, uh, just, just feel free to slip up your hand, and uh, we'll have those sprinted to you uh, in just a second here, and we'll uh, uh, take a look at this. So, family matters, we're going to talk about instilling values. And I believe this morning, uh, to start, that the number one job of Christian parents is to raise spiritual champions. I, let me say it again. The number one job of, of Christian parents is to raise spiritual champions. You see, as parents, we've been entrusted to care for and to equip our kids for life in real world type of life. And that, if you haven't learned already, is an unbelievable responsibility. It is a tough, tough responsibility. Someone once said this, children are the one thing we leave behind that will tell the world what we were like. That's true. That's scary, right? Scary for us. So here's the question. How do we download our faith and our values into the life of our kids and help them and equip them for the real world? Now, many of us as Christian parents, uh, we have at times, had the wrong goals when it comes to this, when it comes to Christian parenting. Like, we want our kids to make good grades and get into the best college, right? And we want them to excel in sports and give them the best opportunities. And we want them to find a career, something that will make them lots of money. Or we want them to be popular with their friends. Now, I don't know if any of those things in and of themselves is a problem, but none of those should replace the priority that we have, that the primary thing is that God has called us as Christian parents to really raise our kids to be spiritual giants. So, uh, this is what we're going to look at uh, this morning. We're going to ask this question of, how do we raise spiritual champions? Like, how do we prioritize this in the life of our kids? Well, the first thing this morning that I want to walk through is really how we prioritize the values of our life, and specifically of our family. And then how do we communicate them? How do we model them? How do we build them into the life of our children? You see, every kid that's ever left home and has gone on to college or life or whatever they've done, every kid that's left home, they know the values that were most important to their family— They can tell you what they were, whether you taught them it specifically or not. Why? You lived it. They know, because you lived it. So I want to do something for just a second here. I want to ask a a question. If you take like 30 seconds— now, if you're, if you're married this morning with kids, then easy. Just turn to the person next to your spouse, and, and you can answer this question. If, uh, if you're next to somebody you know, go ahead and, and just, uh, just ask each other this question for just a second. Um, if you're next to somebody you don't know, I don't know, just be bold and go for it, okay? The question is this. What's the single greatest value your family has in their life? Now, if you're a kid, you might answer that, uh, what's your parents instilled? As parents, you might say, what of you? What's the single greatest value that your family's in, that your family has? Go ahead. T- just say, I mean, literally like talk to each other. So normally I say, don't talk during my sermon, but you can now. 15 seconds. Just chat about it for just a second. All right, good. Now, um, if you were all correct and you gave the the official church answer, you turned to somebody and said, Jesus Christ, right? Yeah. If you didn't say Jesus Christ, stay in your seat. Everyone else can go, and uh, the sermon series will go much longer for you. Um, We want to say Jesus. We want to badly say Jesus, especially in this setting, but you know things popped into your head right away. And so this morning, let's just talk about it a few minutes. i want going to share with you two values I think are absolutely vital if you want to raise a spiritual champion in your life. Here's the first one. Uh, I want us to look at, at today. I believe these are just vital. Here's the first one. The first is knowing and serving Jesus. That if you want to raise a spiritual giant, you as parents, you've got to instill knowing and serving Jesus— Now, for a second, don't click out because you think this is like a big general overview. Uh, This is as specific as everything you do in your life every day, knowing and serving Jesus. This is a life value, not not a religious value. I mean, notice that I didn't say, are you religious? Do you simply go to church with your family sometimes? You know, are you a good member? Um, Do you pray at your mealtimes? You know, even in restaurants. Ooh, you're bold. Jesus Christ, knowing Him and serving Him, is this a value within your family? If I walked down the hall today and I just pulled your kids out, doesn't matter what age, and I phrased the question appropriately for their context or their age about what, what's the greatest value in your family? How quickly would Jesus come up? How quickly would knowing Jesus, how quickly would serving Jesus or serving others in Jesus' name, how quickly would it come up? Like, I wonder in my family, like, how quickly would baseball come up? Would it pop up there before Jesus? These are the questions we're asking ourselves this morning. Without a doubt, like, this is the most important value in the li- your life and in your family. It's so important. Like, it's the core value of the whole Old Testament, And we find that in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6, it actually tells us more about raising children as spiritual champions than I think any other passage in the Bible. And if you're a mom or dad this morning, like I would read this passage that we're going to walk through over and over and over, commit it to your memory and let it minister to you and challenge you regularly. Here's what it says, Deuteronomy chapter 6, starting in verse 5, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. I mean, that's a declaration there. The starting of the law of the Old Testament. Loving God with everything we have. These commandments I give you today to be on your hearts. Saying, I don't want you to just follow them. Like, don't just go out and just say, all right, I got to do this. God said it. Like, write it on your heart. Like, let it be the core of what your passion is. And then this great line. Impress them on your children. Now, if you have your Bible open this morning, will you just circle that right there, underline it, start it, whatever you need to do to emphasize it, impress them on your children. Well, how do we impress values on our children? Fortunately, Deuteronomy goes on, verse 7, check this out, talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your forehead. Translation, just all the time, all the time do this. Wherever you're at, whatever setting, talk about this. Teach about this. Impress all the time. How do you make this core like a reality in your family? How do you really practically put it put it in there? Let me share a few things with you this morning. Uh, The first thing is, parents, can I just release you if you don't know already? To be direct with your kids. To be direct about your faith in Jesus Christ with your kids. It's a core value, so be direct. In our family, one of our core values is to be a blessing. We talk about it quite often. In fact, it's, it's hung on the wall in different places and different passages that we've used to be a blessing. So what do you think comes up a lot of times at our, our family devotion time or in family meetings or if we're like correcting somebody in the family? We say that. Hey, remember, a raven needs to be a blessing. It needs to be a blessing. I don't know how real ravens, birds are. I don't think they're blessings at all. But the raven family needs to be a blessing. they clean stuff off the road. I guess that. Um, We we want to be a blessing. Be direct with this. Be direct. I can remember the most frustrating baseball experience I ever had. Uh, I think it was my daughter was playing. She was about four or five years old playing T ball. Do you remember this? Um, And the coach on the team had him out there at practice time and there was a basic assumption from the coach that they were too young to learn anything. So they just kind of had fun. They ran around, they threw balls and, and, and did things like that during practice. But I'm thinking, couldn't even a four-year-old be taught how to squat down and put their glove on the ground to catch a ground ball? I mean, I, I'm thinking this as a, as a former baseball coach, right? Um, guys, your kids are ready to pick up your, the core value of your love for Jesus Christ. I mean, they're ready at six months, a year, two years. And if they're 18 years old right now and you've blown it for most of the 18 years, guess what? They're ready right now for you to instill that if you've committed your life to Jesus Christ. Be direct in this. I think this is, this is one of the most important things to being direct is to, to impress on them the importance of worship and of serving. Of worship and serving now i 've been blessed because my wife kind of got a head start on this in life. Uh, she had parents that have been faithful uh, to serving in the church for like, for like sixty years they 've been faithful to serving in the church ever since they were you know just just small well your dad 's about eighty now, so I would say maybe it goes seventy plus years they 've been faithful and they instilled this in fact, Sheree could tell you that the first eighteen years of her life she could 't remember two sundays they weren 't in church are serving in some capacity or worshiping in church, even on vacation. Do you hear that? Uh, they, it was just that big of a value for her family uh, to be in church. Serving was this other value she got a head start on um, that for really for 60 plus years, they have served in some capacity as mission, missionaries, as Sunday school teachers, as greeters, uh, and on and on and on and on. And she got that. That transferred to her. Transferred. I'm convinced that that did not transfer to Shri because her dad set her down sometime in life when she thought she might be old enough, and she, he had a conversation with her. And he said, hey, I want to tell you this is what's important to us. Now go and do it. I'm confident she learned this by just watching her parents from the earliest of ages, and it was instilled as a core value all the way through. Can I tell you one of the, the the toughest decisions we made in our life, and we were, we were younger uh, in our marriage. In fact, our kids had just turned about, about five and three, something like that, years old. James and TC. Sierra uh, wasn't a thought yet. And we went down to the little League. Now, y- you guys know by now that I'm a little passionate about baseball. Um, played college ball, coached college ball. just I, you know, I, I love baseball. So can you imagine when my kid finally got to the age where like, I could take them to Little League, sign them up, and they could play now? I mean, this was a big, big, big day. So we signed them up. We paid our dues and all that kind of stuff. And they got them on a team. And uh, um, it's t-ball or coach pitch or you know, that kind of age. And they went out there. And we were handed, after a few practices, a schedule. And it had about 10 Sunday games. And I remember for the first time, it never dawned on me that kids that young would play Sunday uh, baseball. And so we had a dilemma, first time. We had a dilemma to start thinking about church, the Sabbath, family time on Sunday, and that type of thing. And I can remember, I mean, it was an emotional thing to turn to my kids and say, hey guys, you're going to have to miss all of these games. And that was a pretty good chunk. You're going to have to miss these because I, I I wondered what was I what was I telling what was the conflicting message that I was teaching my kids about the value of being in God's house as a priority, yet we're going to miss about a ten week period uh, for our baseball. Now I know right away as I said that because it's so countercultural what I just said completely. That I, I know right away. You, you know there was many of you that are like mm, I don't know about that one Tom I don't know I mean we don't want to be legalistic and all right. Listen, I'm not talking about legalism at all. Um, I don't enjoy that either. I'm talking about values, core values in our life of what's an absolute priority for us. And so this story, it has nothing to do with like holier than thou. It just is about being direct. Sitting your kids down and sharing with them and teaching them what a core value is in your family. The second one you have to be direct is you got to be daily, you can be as direct as you want with your words, even with some actions, but if you're not daily and not consistent, it just won't flush out very well with your kids. Now, some of you as parents, like you, you know what I'm talking about. Like if I gave you the floor for the next few minutes, you could share uh, clearly when you weren't as consistent and when it did not transfer the values you were hoping would transfer. That's why, I like, like Christian education, like it's life oriented. It's not information oriented. You know what I'm saying? Like Jesus didn't take his disciples aside and say, hey, um, here's what we're gonna study. And he gave them a book for the next three years. I'd like you to study this and we're gonna talk it through at the end of three years and see how much you you took in. No, we learn. they just went with him everywhere he went. And he shared with them and he put them into situations and he asked them questions and he challenged them in some ways. Sometimes it was hard type of challenges. He shared his life on a daily basis with them. Uh, the truth, you know what? It's gotta be in you before it's gonna be in your children. If you wanna build into your children, you gotta build daily into yourself in your Christian walk and then build it to your kids. Here's how Deuteronomy says it. Let me share it again. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up, everywhere all the time. Can I add, when you're riding in the car, when you're watching TV, when you're walking at the mall, do you walk at the mall? Does anyone go to the mall anymore? Maybe not the wall, all right? Friendly center. Um, When you're playing on the computer, you see, uh, if you want your children to follow God, then you gotta make God part of the everyday life, every moment of the day that you're building and teaching into them. Now, you might think as a pastor, the way I do this is I carry this like wooden pulpit around. And when there's a moment in my kid's life throughout the day when in one of those places I just shared, I just whip out this pulpit and I sit it down, put this down, and then I just preach to them. What well, you would be shocked to know, I actually don't do that with my family. It's just simply asking, hey, what do you think about that one? Hey, you know, that reminded me of a Bible verse. And uh, like, what do you th- how do you kind of correlate the Bible verse with what we just saw? We just have conversation Sometimes going home, like instead of ever asking your kids, did you have fun in Sunday school? Um, I I was guilty for years of that. Did you have fun today? Ask them, tell me the story you learned today. And just watch them share with you the story that they learned. So talk with them all the time about this. Here's our struggle as Christian parents sometimes. Um, We might see God as part of our like once a week, but we don't carry God into our every day. Guess what? your kids are seeing it. They're brilliant. They see it at three years old. They pick up on those type of things right away. So let's carry it daily. So direct and daily, and then uh, we got to be devout in our faith as well. Devout. So this morning, uh, I want to tell you, um, like some of you, you might have you found your way back to church recently. Maybe you were out of church for a while, and uh, and you've plugged in at Wendover Hills, and maybe you're like, man, this is this has been a good place. I really enjoy. The people are friendly. Um, I like that the the word is preached. Uh, I like the music, and you know, just all this list of things that has really connected with you. And can I tell you, like, I'm, I'm like super proud of you for getting plugged back in to God's church and being ministered in God's church and plugging in in that way. But I want to make sure you know that ultimately, it's really not about any of those things I shared. Those are just tools that God leads to draw your heart to Himself. It's about a relationship and a life with Jesus Christ. It's about saying, I have found someone that I will claim as Lord and Savior and be willing to follow that person and what he teaches and how he leads, the person of Jesus Christ. And that's what it's about. So when I say devout this morning, I'm talking about if you've yet to say yes to Jesus Christ, and if you're plugged in and you like your church— But you haven't yet know that you've said yes to Jesus, to be the Lord and Savior of your life and live that way. Maybe you're like, yeah, I really, I dabbled in it. In teens, I was well plugged into youth group and stuff. But now you're like, but I'm back now. I'm a parent now. And and I recognize I need to surrender my life in this way to Jesus Christ. That's what we're about. That's what we're about sharing with you and leading you to and helping you understand in your life. And we love to be a part of that journey. It could very well be this morning that this is the morning to say yes to Jesus. It very well could be you say, Hey, July sixth, sixteenth, and he say, like I'm ready to get baptized and and publicly declare that. That would be an amazing morning. So impressing these values on our kids, as you can see, what's what's of significant value is they gotta be really impressed on your own heart and then be direct in speaking with them and making priorities in your life. Here's the second thing. The second core value is building relationships. It's helping your kids build healthy relationships with you, with one another, with those around them. Life is all about relationships. Here's what the Bible says, just a couple passages about relationships. Honor one another above yourselves, Romans. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ in Ephesians, and pray for those who mistreat you. How about that one? Building relationships even with people who mistreat you. So uh, why in the world are are relationships so important? It's very hard to transfer values without having a relationships. Uh, If you just want to get some work done and just tell somebody, go here, do that, make this happen, uh, maybe you don't need a relationship. But if you want to instill values and teach values, then a relationships of great importance. Maybe you've heard this, rules plus regulation minus relationships equals rebellion and resentment. It's maybe not in every case, but boy, we see it enough. The relationship solidifies and grows the power in what you're building into them, what you're teaching them, even what you're asking your kids to do, even at times when they don't want to do it. If we just simply come in and say, look, I'm the parent, you do this because those are the rules. Uh, I don't want to hear a you see me do it or you don't see me do it kind of thing. I'm the parent and I'll tell you to do it. Um, Can I just tell you, it's just not going to work out very well that way. And maybe in the end you get your kid to actually do that. But the depth of the relationship and the respect and the honoring, uh, it will be pretty shallow. But if you seek to build that relationship with with your child to build that friendship and that connection, then you're going to see this transfer of values in a deep, rich way. Now, let me just say this before I move on because some of you just translated it into thinking that we're preaching now that a friendship with your kid is is the number one priority over parenting your kid. Never. Your job is to parent your kid, to teach your kid. And in fact, it was even my little daughter, who I love dearly, who we sat down just this week and said the phrase in in the conversation, in the teaching moment. I said, "I just want you to know, Sierra, you know my precious eleven year old girl." Um, I didn't say that part. Um, I said, "I'm gonna win." <laughs> like, like all these little all these little uh, encounters where I'm like, "I'm gonna win in the end." So you can decide. <laughs> how uncomfortable you would like it to be for you until we reach that point where you've understood I've won. Um, you've got to parent. You've got to keep parenting. So that's not what we're saying. But the depth of your parenting, if you choose to build a relationship and a connection, is of extreme value. Here's what the Bible says on it. You might know this passage. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother. That comes back from Deuteronomy, which is the first commandment with a promise, So that may go well with you, that you may enjoy long life on this earth. Like some of your dads right away said, yeah, amen to that. So they don't honor me. They're not going to enjoy any life on this planet. We're going to finish this right now. Um, But the Bible is basically saying, look, if you would honor your parents, guess what? It's going to go well. Why? Because your relationship is going to be rich and deep here. So when we teach our kids about relationship, we are also teaching them how to, in a relationship, honor and respect us as well. Will there be impasses at time? You better believe it. There will be. But building a relationship is important. Now, you can read that passage, and you can go away today, and you can say to your children, look, it's biblical. Pastor just read it. You can say, look, listen up. You're supposed to obey me. I don't care if you like it. I don't have any conversation. Obey me. And I won't even say there's not a time or two in your kid's life where they might not need to hear it that way. Um, but ultimately we put them in the best position to honor us when we build the relationship and we're instilling the value of our Christian faith that we've already talked to. Let me share a couple things that I think of great value in building this relationship. Here's one thing. Um, It takes time. Uh, It takes a lot of time. If life was like just a half-hour sitcom, then somewhere around the 24-minute mark, Uh, The conflict would resolve itself. In the final two minutes of the show, everybody would be super happy with one another. It would go off the air that night. The next week, it would come back on. No mention of the problem from the week before. It didn't even exist. You're over that, beyond that, right? I mean, it didn't even take 24 minutes because you had two commercial breaks in there, you know, where everybody got to kind of breathe for a second. Um, That's just not life. It just doesn't happen that way. It takes a lot of time. And sometimes you're tracking well in a relationship, and then you take a hit, and then you start tracking again. And that's just, that's just how it happens here. Do you know that, though, the key is spending time with your kids? That's the key to any relationship anywhere, is the amount of time you're willing to spend with your child. Do you know, according to USA Today, young people between 8 and 18 use electronic media 53 hours a week— so that's seven and a half hours a day on their cell phone, iPods, video games, computers, TV, social media, that type of thing. I mean, our kids basically have a full-time job just keeping up with their, their, really their, their electronic, mainly cell phone, tablet type of world as well. What does this mean? That if they're spending that kind of time, and let's face it, as parents, we're spending a pretty good amount of time on it as well. If we're all spending that amount of time here, There's not a lot happening here. And so we have to remember, in order to build healthy relationships, it just takes time, spending time. That might be time saying, hey, we're all turning this off. We're putting these aside for the next day or hour if you can make it that. We're going to put these aside. Or maybe you're joining your kid right in the middle of that as well, where you're actually interacting with each other through some of this media or computer or our, our electronics but spending time together is a significance, significant to build a relationship here's the second one and that is that we've really got to do it as a, a team hey if you're married today guess what you got a built-in team you've got a partner built-in right you can be functioning well as a team or you can be hurting relationships those are the two options cuz if you're not functioning well as a team mom and dad you're not building well the relationships with your kids, which means you're hurting the opportunity to instill the value of your Christian faith as well. And so I, I want to encourage you, uh, parents, that's the first thing to work on if there's a breakdown there. In fact, uh, the question often comes up, uh, who do you put first, your children or your spouse? And uh, I don't want to go to an extreme to say, like, you know, it's always one or the other. But can I tell you, if you look over the course of a year or two years or whatever— it has got to be your spouse that you build a significant relationship with. Because that is what your kids are going to see. That's what they're going to look up and they're going to want to know how. And they're going to model their relationships most off what they see between mom and dad. So if conflict comes up and yelling ensues, and I mean, you just go at it. And that's just your normal way, right? Right? Don't be surprised when normal way for your kids is to do that as well. Or if they don't want to have any part of that, don't be surprised if they go to the extreme opposite and they're just silent totally in how they deal with things. Parents, if you decide to never deal with conflict, you just never deal with it. Just clam up, move on, and if you don't speak about it for a day or two, it'll go away. Don't be surprised when son or daughter deals with things in life the exact same way. And you'll see it somewhere around the late elementary and, and, and middle school years, the little relational conflicts that pop up among their friends. And they won't be equipped to how to handle it. Then as a family, maybe you have a conflict back and forth. And they're just not quite sure how to deal with it. Mom and dad, you got to be a team. Let's say you're a single parent today. And you're like, well, I don't, I don't have that, that spouse. I don't have that person. And, you know, first of all, I want you to know we're, we're praying for you. We're, I mean, we're proud of you because you got a big job. We want to be that for you as a church family. We want to love you. We can't be the same as that spouse in your home, but we can be there where you need. If you need to call, if we need to talk, if we need to help, if we just need to take your kids for the night and let you get away, we want to be part of your team. But it takes more than just you to do it. Best thing you can do, uh, married couples, is to love your spouse. Um, Those of you who are single, the best things you can do is keep plugged in with your church family and your extended family. Hey, final one on this is we've got to talk. Talking and sharing and just communicating is huge. Just simply talking. And I'd love to say like there's there's this like deep, deep Greek word that I can now break down to make this have some um, deeper spiritual meaning that you've never heard, but it's not there. The simple truth is the more we talk and communicate with one another, parents to kids, the more valuable that relationship becomes, the deeper that relationship becomes. The, the more I share and talk with my spouse, the deeper that becomes and the more healthy that is. And that all comes together with instilling the value of healthy relationship. You know what I would really love for my three kids? I think you're the same. I would love when they move on from the house for them to meet somebody. You know, for my boys, a, a young lady, they're, they're going to, you know, think she's got it going on and i got to know her. And, and uh, eventually, you know, they start courting each other. And, and uh, um, i got a lot, I got a lot of good courting things to share with you guys. So, um, but, but you know what I'd love more than any of that? I'd love to be able to sit back and watch them communicate and interact and talk and know. You know they got it. They got a, a great opportunity for a, a ses- successful and healthy marriage because of the way they interact and communicate and talk. Listen, if you've been married 20 years, I'm about to go 21 uh, this year. If you've been married 40 years, wherever you're at, um, you know, same, pl- same thing. God looks at you and he would just love to look at you and go, wow, the way they talk, the way they communicate. That's just, it's just beautiful. It's beautiful. The way they talk with their kids, the way they instill that in their kids is wonderful. If this is a breakdown in your marriage, in your family, can I just encourage you, this would be something of significance to get help on, to find somebody in your life. Can I just, can I just tell you about one family that, uh, um, I, I might embarrass them here this morning, but, you know, here we go. Oh. But when I first got to Wendover Hills, I saw Dan and Patty Kidder. And I saw how their kids were. I saw how they interacted. Of course, their kids are married now. They got, you know, what what do you got? About 18 grandkids? I don't don't remember. They just keep popping out. Okay. Um, But I was like, I need to know Dan and Patty. Like, I need to know how they instilled some of these relational values in their kids. And so we made sure we spent some time with them. And it's not like I wanted to directly line them up and ask them a series of questions like, you know, they were on a panel. But there was just things I wanted to find out and learn about them. And that was of great value to Shri and I in the last six years of raising our kids, especially as they became teenagers. And I, even though I was a youth pastor, I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Oh, was a great value. Do that. Find that for your life as well. Hey, here's a conclusion this morning, Um, your takeaway this morning. Let me just share a couple things that I think are uh, of great value to practical things you can put in place. One one thing is this, rally your family around the Word of God. Um, Every morning, without fail, feed your family from the Bible every day. You're like, Tom, I just don't know the Bible that well. I don't even read that well. Um, It doesn't matter. Um, there is a resource available for you. The first resource is the Bible. Just open it up. You say, well, I, I, I'm not so sure about the translation. Look, you don't have to read the King James Version to, to your kids. You know, open up the message translation. Read something that just is very simple and understandable. But rally your family. We read a devotional every morning along with one of the Proverbs. And we just started a new devotional. And the devotional every day is about some saint from the days of Jesus all the way through the early church and all the way up to the church present. Some saint. And we just read about how did they have a life following Jesus Christ. Rally your family around the word every single day. Bring your family to church every week. Show up. Be involved. Serve together. Be taught together. Now I realize, somebody say, every week, Tom, we miss one Sunday. where yeah, You know that's not what I mean. Make it a priority to be in church. Make it a priority. Do you know, uh, my kids uh, go to a Christian high school, and my son just graduated from there, so we've been there a little while. Can I tell you how many times I've listened to conversations, just eavesdropping, really, I guess, um, conversations where somebody has said, well, I guess we'll miss church because, you know, we have a soccer game, we have a baseball game, You know, we have a, a, you know, on and on and on. You you know, you you know these things you're a part of. We've been a part of them too. And I can't, I I would just be honest, how many times as a pastor I've wondered, you know, has it ever gone the other way? Like, have they ever gone to their coach or dance instructor? Have they ever gone and said, hey, I guess we can't be there. We've got church. Like, have we ever instilled the value that way? Well, we've said, no, it's, it's, this is where we're going to be. Again, eh, well, this is not seeking to heap guilt or, or anything like that, but we're talking about how, the value of this. Barna, George Barna says it this way that chances are our kids will do half of what we do 75% of the time. Now, he's got a lot of research. We don't need to work through all of that. And he's specifically talking about our involvement in the church world. Think about that. If we're, if we're three of four weekers on Sunday morning, chances are our kids are going to end up being about half. Um, It's interesting data on how he got there. But the point being to prioritize being in church. Finally, uh, latch on to to others to hold you accountable. I shared about the kidders. Maybe there's a family for you or a couple for you, a person for you to latch on and ask, hey, would you just hold us accountable? Will you look in on us every once in a while in this area? Can I I tell you the goals we have? Will you ask me about those? Just people that you can latch on to. We do this in all kinds of areas of our life. We say, I'm starting a new diet tomorrow. Um... Tomorrow's not a holiday, right? I I can start a a diet tomorrow. Monday morning, no holiday. Um, And we ask people to hold us accountable. Or we use an app to hold us accountable, right? Or we go to the gym and say, hey, would you just hold me accountable to go three times a week? Or, you know, on and on and on. Do the same thing in your spiritual journey. It's of significant value to you. Hey, I want to pray for you and specifically for parents this morning. And so if you would bow with me. Let me pray over you. Father, I just pray for the parents who this morning, they think instilling values is of, of, of deep significance for them. And so, Father, I want to ask right now that you would help. Because, Lord, I know if they're like me, they've been exhausted at times in this. And there's times where they're like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Or there's even times if they're like me, where they've, they've tried what they thought was the best strategy, and yet they seem to hit a wall on it. Father, I pray the grace and peace of you on them. I pray, Lord, now that that you would build into them your love for them. And then in return, they could could have the the equal love for you. They could honor you and grow in their daily life with you. That they would build this great platform of how to build into their kids because of their own faith. And then, Lord, would you help us as we build into our kids? Would you help us? empower us and strengthen us to do well that our values might become our kids values that they would grow to love you and serve you and to honor you in all that they do we pray this all in your son's name amen amen well we're gonna i'm gonna go ahead and invite uh, our ushers to uh, come forward they're gonna take up our morning offering um i'll tell you uh, as they come real quick, that if you were trying to get a before and after picture of the land down on Windover, our future home, uh, you missed it with the before, all right, because the land is pretty much cleared now, and grading's gonna begin very soon here. Um, we got the, the subcontractor contract, it's signed, it's ready to go, so... Um, They're going to come in and start grading. So, uh, again, if you want to go down and watch, there's plenty of room to sit on and watch Bulldozers. I think I can watch it all day. So, uh, have fun down there. Just stay clear of uh, what's going on. So, hey, why don't you stand and we're going to go out singing uh, one more song. Lord bless you.